Today's episode of Mob Rules is brought to you by tiny nuggets of information hidden within innocent-looking articles focused on factions that we don't actually play. Which I'm, which I'm happy about. I'm, I'm happy about the little nuggets of information. Yeah. It gives me a reason to read the article for uh, <laughs> Tyranids or Eldar that I would not usually read um, as I turn off my notifications. They're really pulling an art of war on that one. <laughs> You're going to get a message from Whitney Big Tits next <laughs> Oh, hey, before we get started here, I just wanted to go real quick. I'll blow a hole in you with my... Corrections and omissions. So so last episode, we very humorously talked about... Oh, I forgot that clip went so long right at the end. Uh, we talked about um, uh, Kaldor Drago. Oh, yeah. Uh, the greyest of the Mary Sues. Destroyer of the old world. Um, survivor of the warp. Um, amateur tattoo artists to the demon <laughs> Primarch. Um, we kind of landed on a place where it's like, well, yeah, he banishes them using their name. So it's like, oh, hey, Angron. And Angron just like pieces out. Right. Uh, one of our listeners did email us uh, and let us know oh, that uh, the, okay. the, they actually have true names. Oh, sure. And so like the names they were given, like Mortarian, Angron, aren't their actual names. They were like their foster parents' names. Like oh. they were given to them. So they would have it like put down on there. So, that's so very- when they were adopted by the emperor, he was like, yeah, your true name is sucky. Like here's a good I mean, like that's what I was saying. Emperor is a dick. He is. Notoriously bad father, mm-hmm. viewed his children as tools. So it was like, it's, just, it's a hammer. When he was the tool. Yeah, he was. Indeed. So yeah, we want to apologize for creating such humor uh, by suggesting that Mortarian's real name was a Mortarian when in fact it was, I don't know, Whoopi Cushion. <laughs> That's actually a better name, I think. Punching Bag. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, that continues to be his name. Clockmaster. <laughs> the Time Wizard. <laughs> Oh. oh, he's just bad. Um, but speaking, just time bandit. That's what he was. <laughs> <laughs> time bandit. Man. That movie. Oh, it's great. I, I have it's the great. cover of that burned into my head because I used to a long time ago. I used to work in a blockbuster, and what? Oh yeah, that was a long time. Ago. For for people who don't know what that is, that was a store where they had movies on Netflix, mm-hmm. um, but actually physically <laughs> was, on shelves. It was a physical location. It was a physical Netflix. location for Netflix. Um. And they had like a, an employee choice end cap. And I worked with a guy who week over week would choose Time Bandit. So nice. I had to stare at that damn cover <laughs> all of the time. That guy, I don't know. He's a your hero of yours now? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I don't know him or anything about him, but. But he is a champion. Yeah. Speaking of people who aren't champions, the worst character in Warhammer 40,000. Ever. I seem to have um, also forgotten there's a very loud bang as a part of that there. <laughs> I only created these like clips like six weeks ago and already... Yeah, already you've forgotten what they are. Already we've forgotten. So we've had some great candidates so far. We've had a shitty Necron pirate. Yep. Oh, um, we've so had a Astarte tattoo artist um, right. who travels between games. Aspiring tattoo artist overlord. 
Yeah. Oh, and then, by the way, if you have any corrections and omissions to anything we've said, please email us so we can ignore them uh, for the most part, unless we're looking for content. Uh, that, that's a very important thing to remember there. Um, but today, the honor goes to a very requested uh, person. I oh, think man. Highly, highly sought after uh, person for this. He's not. Never has been. Well, maybe in fourth edition. Well, maybe in the in the store he is. He, oh, sure. Uh, he is the literal definition of a Mary Sue. I mean, he's got plot armor that's easily a mile thick. Yes. Uh, it is he, Cato Sicarius. <laughs> yes. Um, recently demoted. Yeah, no longer captain. No just, longer captain. Just Cato Sicarius. Yeah. Uh, but he does have like 30 titles. Uh, which oh one my I, God. So he is not only uh, the commander of the Victrix Honor Guard, mm-hmm. um, he is the master of the watch, the knight champion of McCrag, Grand Duke of Talazar, the high Caesarian of Ultramar. Um, yeah, he's he's kind of got a lot of lot of things going on. You think he's trying to like rival custodes for, for things? Well... It all goes back to when he was born. <laughs> I mean, let's start there. So yeah, so like we're gonna start Kato Sicarius, worst character in forty k. Yeah, he's pretty bad. Uh, but yeah, so tell tell me about his early childhood life. What made him such a tool? All right, so like you know that this guy is being set up to be like cannot fail when he's born like the heir of a noble house on a world in Ultramar and one of the most rich worlds in Ultramar. Sure, right? Which is going to be like the nicest suburb of Hollywood. Like, just Probably. like I mean, it's real nice. Yeah. Let's put it that way. And so, uh, by the time he was four, he could like <laughs> he could wrestle and sword fight, and uh, and he was very interested in war. And by the time he was ten, he could beat any warrior <laughs> twice his age. <laughs> Maybe. And this is maybe this oh, is me. Oh man! Maybe the warriors of Talazar are just really bad. Yeah, maybe they just suck, or they just sucked. Because <laughs> but, if you tell me that like a four-year-old kid can beat everyone else in combat, my first reaction <laughs> is not how good is that four-year-old. It's like how bad are the rest of those people? <laughs> well, I guess like a four-year-old that can swing a sword, like any four-year-old can swing a stick. I mean, yeah, same, but I don't sign up a four-year-old to the military and like see him with a gun and be like, man, such a good soldier. Well, they, they didn't sign him up until he was 10, I think. And then they were like, well, I mean, you got to try out for the Ultramarines. And he's like, all right. I'm just <laughs> like it's like that football movie with yeah. uh, Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> so we got to walk on. You got to walk on tryout. Onto, onto the Ultramarines. Well, I mean, he just had to like tell him his name and they're like, well, yeah, okay, cool. So, like, his family are, like, planetary governors and shit, shit like that. Oh, so, nepotism, like, I mean, rife oh, in ultramarines. 100%. So, they get him in there. He's, like, the perfect recruit or whatever and f- flies through everything. He becomes very quickly a sergeant, and then he becomes a company champion for two of the different companies, first the fourth company and then the first company. Right. And then uh, he, it's noted with distinction that neither of the captains in those companies died because of his battle skill. Oh, so he stopped his own upward momentum by keeping his uh, captains alive. He just would have let him die if he would have graduated a little bit faster to captain probably. But then he becomes captain 
and people start talking shit. They're like, well, I don't know if you're like tactical enough to be captain. Right? He's not tactically perfect. He's no. tactically adequate. He's adequate. So he masters the art of the swift drop pod insertion. That's his special. Oh, you mean the, the base space marine tactic? Right, Most right. also well, marines wait. are trained. But he's so good at it that it leaves other space marines in awe. Exactly the same as Ragnar Blackman. I'm just saying this. Like can, they're the same. Like can you the same. imagine being a space <laughs> marine, training 20 hours a day, being genetically modified to be a super soldier, taught how to use every weapon, every vehicle in your disposal, and then see some piece of shit with a plume fall out of a drop pod and be like, "Whoa, whoa, bro! Why didn't I think of that?" <laughs> well, you that was like get out so of the pod fast. when it lasts. <laughs> So you can start shooting before the doors open? I had no idea. <laughs> so now I just picture Kato Sicarius, like bolter up, just shooting the shit out of the door. It's like, dude, we haven't even landed here. And yet. he was like, always prepared. Right. Bunch and of so tech. like the bolter rounds are ricocheting around inside of this, inside of the drop pod. And when the doors open, <laughs> they all shoot out and like <laughs> the rest of his squad kill all of the kills. orcs. Every single ultramarine on that drop pod dead. But... But those four orcs, surprised. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> what was that? It reminds me of like the, the Monty Python and the Holy Grail where Lancelot goes to the thing. And he just starts killing all the guards and everyone's oh, yeah. like standing around. That's Kato Scaris, kind yeah. of like a modern day Lancelot. Exactly. Exactly. He was also uh, an ultramarine police. He was a military police officer. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So he was responsible for uh, the prosecution of those within the chapter. Oh, right. They yeah. had to do honor duels. And he single-handedly cut the number of honor duels down. He so did. So he'd have less honor duels than any other. As, any as my other, son walks uh, into the yeah. camera. What's up, buddy? Welcome to YouTube. <laughs> uh, we'll oh, blur his face out in editing. <laughs> Souls of you to assume that I edit. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even start the video on time, so I don't know how I'm going to edit it around that one. It's fine. Maybe uh, I'll just put like a, like a little like Marvel's logo over here. Yeah. <laughs> Call it good. Hilarious. Wonderful. Uh, but yeah, so he presided over the honor duels. Also, so, okay. So an inquisitor like accused Tigerius of witchcraft at one point in time. And so, what with him being a witch and all? Well, I mean, like, but they he said he's like extra witchy. <laughs> <laughs> Tiberius like, standing outside of a gingerbread house, being like, "What the fuck are you talking about, bro? <laughs> yeah. Let's get these, in here, eat some candy." The, I'm getting these children up to snuff for their training, not to eat, guys. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, so this inquisitor is like, Sicarius, like it's time for you to, you're going to have to fight. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, this inquisitor is like, well, you know, uh, Tigerius, you're, you're a fucking witch. Uh, you should die. And uh, Calgar is like, nah, bro. <laughs> this is exact transcripts, by the way. Okay, he's for like, sure. He's, he's like, nah, bro, Sicarius, kick his ass. <laughs> And so Sicarius like walks down and the Inquisitor's like, all right, cool. I got a champion powers up this chrono gladiator robo ape that he has. Wait. Yeah. Did no. he fight a robot monkey? Yep. Hold on. I'm not done yet. <laughs> okay. The story gets worse. So he fights this robot monkey and his first move is, is like after the robot monkey like drains all of his combat drugs, like onslaught and, uh, 
Coke. Yeah. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Methamphetamines, heroin, everything. Like, he's... But no downers. Juiced up. Steroids. Oh, yeah, no downers. No downers. Yeah, he definitely did not smoke a blunt. So, anyway... Sicarius, though. <laughs> Sicarius did the whole time he was fighting this guy, actually. Because he's that damn he's cool. so cool. He wore sunglasses inside. It was badass. Anyway, so... First move he has is to punch this ape in the face and break all the drug vials. Because I guess all the drug vials were conveniently <laughs> located in the face area. So <laughs> This inquisitor designing this monkey is like, all of these important drug vials, where do you want them? Shit in the armor? You didn't leave enough space? It's an ape? I'm like, damn it. Okay, just put him on his face. No one's going to punch an ape in no the face. No one's going to punch an ape in the face. That's rude. So <laughs> Sicarius punches the ape in the face. Uh, and dances around him with his sword out, kind of like using the sword not to cut the monkey, but to just like... Because that's animal cruelty. Right, so he just keeps punching it and kicking him. <laughs> so he beats this monkey to death <laughs> without using his sword. Just the sword is like a parrying device to parry like the electro flail and the power mace and everything else. And so he walks up to the Inquisitor and is like, what now, bitch? And the Inquisitor, like, reaches for, a like, a pistol under his coat because he's pissed. And Sicarius cuts his hand off. And then the Inquisitor goes to reach for the his hand to get his hand back. And Sicarius crushes the hand <laughs> under his boots into, I believe it was, I believe it was a, some kind of gory meat paste. <laughs> And then he goes back and stabs the monkey in the head. So, okay. <laughs> and says, get the fuck out. You're you're a monkey. You're living your peaceful life oh, on, the, oh, on, the, well, on the jungles of... It, no, no, hold on. It, was a, it wasn't an actual monkey. It was a combat, like, servitor that was built like a, a, an ape. Oh, good. And it was powered by the intelligence of a serial killer. <laughs> I can't even make this up. Because <laughs> I just have the image now of a monkey uh, peacefully living in some jungle world somewhere. Oh, yeah. Inquisitor <laughs> darts him like... Inquisitor darts him. He wakes up with a serial killer brain. <laughs> so now you have like a serial killer who's like, man, I paid uh, for my crimes. And then wakes basically up... basically a Superman villain? Wakes up in the, like, the body <laughs> of a monkey. And the Inquisitor is like, okay, bud, there's more. Here's a bunch of drugs in your face. Yeah. And he's like, I feel this. Take this, these. This, this blocks my vision, my, my field of view. And he's like, nah, man, it's fine. You're not even going to get in a real fight. You're my bodyguard. You're, you're good. And then You'll he's probably like, never have to fight. <laughs> um, going back to where it says he was in charge of all of the fights uh, in, in oh, the yeah, Ultramarines. Yeah. Um, how Mary Sue he is, is uh, they leave, his opponents leave shaken, humbled, uh, and fewer defendants have chosen trial by combat against him than any other master of the watch for 3,000 years. Probably because he's a boring dick. He probably has some kind of philosophical lesson he tries to teach you as he's like beating you with a sword. Oh, hell yeah. Um, oh, man, yeah. There's this a is for leaving the dishes out. Like, because that's what happened. That's what Ultramarines get punished for, shit like that. Or like, your grieve wasn't as clean as it should have been. Yeah. Oh, no, man, there's so much information oh, about dude, this monkey. I, I, <laughs> it's so much, man. Um, so let's talk about Blackreach. Blackreach, when he first kind of came to prominence, part of that fourth edition box set, right? Right, so that was uh, Ultramarines versus Orcs, and he had the second company at, as, at his disposal against 10,000 Orcs. Oh, well, of course. Yeah, I mean, those are fair odds, right? 
probably failed morale test because of his uh, kidoscaris is uh yeah he has some kind of yeah, yeah. anyway buff. uh so sicarius whoops up on these orcs real hard like he mm-hmm. beats the ever-living shit out of them and at the end of the campaign he kills all ten thousand orcs um he even kill he even decapitates the war boss himself he loses one terminator and 12 marines they die and the chapter's like, yeah, I mean, I'm glad that you won, but like at the same time, could you have like, maybe <laughs> could you not have killed 13? I mean, like that's 13 dudes. Dude. That's, that's pretty high casualty, right? I feel all of the ultramarines of black reach were just going to hang around while kid is like just killing everyone around them. <laughs> like he just walks in a circle. And, and the ones who died were like accidental friendly fire from yeah. like getting up to go take a leak or something <laughs> and kind of crossing Sicarius's murder path. Sure. Or he shot him with his plasma pistol, Sun Fury. That's the name of his plasma pistol. Of course it is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Two relics, of course. Yeah, why wouldn't he have a relic yeah. plasma pistol and a relic uh, Talasarin battle blade? I believe that's what it was yeah, called. Yeah, it's, it's a beautiful sword. Um, after Blackreach, uh, he fought a bunch of Chaos Raiders. Yep. Um, Including the Demon Prince Makar. Yeah. The, born. the thrice born. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> East is not the twice born. Um. <laughs> He, so he beats that guy up a couple of times, I think, including when he brings the Iron Warriors. I think that's where Hanso comes in. Yep. Like from the Grand McNeil books. And he also hates Uriel Ventress, which sucks because Uriel Ventress is actually, like, probably the coolest captain, even though, like, he's, I don't know, those books are not great either. <sighs> Sorry, Grand McNeil. I'm, I'm sure you're a great guy. Um, You have plenty of other good books. So... He goes then to Damnos. Yeah. Yeah. Which pulls us into our ninth edition topics because yeah. he's fighting against young Necrons on, yep. on Damnos. As they're waking up. So nobody really knows a lot about Necrons at this point in time. He does. Right? He knows like literally everything about Necrons. Of course he did because he's, he's, I, I, it is I, Cato Sicarius. And so. <laughs> and he, and he, he went down with a two prong drop pod insertion. Right. Yeah, exactly. So you have. The main force, which was Cato's <laughs> force, and then a flanking force, which was led by Tigarius, to take out the uh, <laughs> the Necron pylons, which were quote unquote sky firing his Thunderhawks to death. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone remembers that role, um, this and- this piece of shit tried to buy time for an assault force by taking on the supreme overlord of the planet. That yep. isn't a buying time move. Nope, and he gets he gets fucking punked. Oh, good. Like good. finally, so this is the one time where Sicarius like gets his ass whooped, right? And uh, yeah, so of it, like I mean, he like event like he wins some small victories, but in the end, the Necrons are too many for the Space Marines, and they end up kicking him off the planet. Yeah, yeah, it's, and they have it's to evacuate with most of the population. Lost World, of course, Sicarius uh, given the credit for evacuating a large part of the civilian population for their space marines famed for their care for regular imperial citizens yeah, of course. and then that kind of takes us to well we'll skip ahead a little bit okay damn knows two goss boogaloo <laughs> and then uh basically <laughs> word gets to tara that's like hey sicarius lost this world um and tara's like ultramarines come on guys like you're our poster boys you need to go back and take this so Kalgar, 
rounds up the troops, gets the first, second, third, fifth, and seventh company or six companies together. Sure, half your chapter. That seems like a, an appropriate response, right? Yeah, yeah. Five hundred space marines to like take down this Necron planet, and they barely win. And the way that they win, and this has nothing to do with Cato Sicarius. Hey, says, can it say though when he found out there was five hundred Ultramarines going to take that um, planet? He smiled for the first time in decades. Oh, God. Fuck him. It brought his smile back. God, stop. All right. How Sicarius got his group back. Yeah, right. He had sex with a toaster. So, um, yeah, and he, like, on the way there, he slept in his his battle training cage, like, because he was practicing so hard. Sure. (laughs) Yeah, that's what you want to practicing <laughs> jerking it so another two-pronged assault happened because it worked so well the first time right it did no i don't know if it was two-pronged it was probably three um and so uh what happened was uh they were i think they were losing because the necrons had like this badass like energy field around their monoliths that protected them from all harm so calgar like he pushes a pylon's energy beam like against the necrons like he turns it with his power fists um as you do yeah and shoots the the necrons own weapons back at them uh and that disables the field and the and the marines are able to take that that doesn't only like disable the field that frees a satan oh yeah it freezes satan which also fucks up the necrons pretty bad um so they all ran away yeah. Um, the Satan teleported away. Um, oh, yeah. The Necron, the Overlord, like, died, but then reanimated. But there were Death Watch waiting there for him. And they, like, instead of having rejuvenate, like, like nanites, like, come into his sarcophagus. Melt like, bombs. Just plug melt bombs on it, so he just blows him up. I like to imagine this is, like, angry marine style, like, 8,000 melt bombs, <laughs> yeah. like, covering the top of the sarcophagus. With, like, a fuse, yeah. Um, but this takes us down in modern 40k time where he's still just a douche. One of the top people, um, roll, boot girly man comes back, um, yep. resurrected, uh, as a heretical Xenos fraud, uh, with his alien armor, um, and decides to head back to Terra accompanied by only the finest ultramarines mm-hmm. and Kato Sicarius. Uh, he was... <laughs> Nice, I like that. <laughs> that's, a, that's a real subtle burn. Um, and so, yeah, a lot of Space Marines kind of went back with him, as well as kind of some of the forces from Cadia. Um, and then Gulliman sends him back to yeah. Ultramar with Primaris reinforcements, and he gets lost in the warp. Yeah, he loses all the Primaris. No, they can't. They, he, or, they, oh, no, the they Primaris make it. make it, but he doesn't somehow. Uh, however, thanks to his unwavering faith, him, he survives in the warp. How? I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. He just like shows up at Ultramar and no one's like, hey, where have you been? Why were you stuck in the warp? Are you still pure? Like, nope, nobody asked him that question. Nope. No one. He just arrived as a Kato's Carius. Um, as he does. It is I, Kato's Carius. And in the time that he got lost in the warp and survived, much I like, I would assume, like Tom Hanks in the movie Castaway. Mm-hmm. Yep, sure. Um, he was replaced as a second company commander. Correct. So as you sorry, did. captain. So he's no longer the captain of the second company. Correct. So when he returns and everyone's like, oh, um, cool, you're back. Uh, we kind of replaced you already. Yeah, sorry. We're not even going to consider giving you back your captaincy. 
Yeah, uh, but yeah. this other guy, he seems cool. So, uh, I mean, I don't know. You can do something. You can hang out or whatever. Uh, <laughs> so he became just kind of the captain of the Victrix uh, honor guard. Yep. But he's just a regular Joe. No Primaris for that guy. Nope. He does not need it. Just a big douche. Um, He has everything. Uh, he has all of the relics, all of the war gear. He, he has the best artificer armor that is in Ultramar. They say that specifically. Um, uh, a Mary Sue, originally in fan fiction, is a type of female character who is depicted as unrealistically lacking in flaws or weaknesses. Which I think is something that Sicarius suffers from because what are his weaknesses? He has none. He's like Superman. He has none. Yeah, he is this great person. He has all these great titles. Like I think there's a lot of promise as a character and like getting lost in the warp. I'm like, oh, cool. Something interesting will happen. Right. Maybe there'll be some taint. Or maybe, maybe he'll fail. Maybe he'll fail. But no, he just shows up and he's like, yeah, it's cool. I was just out getting smokes and I'm back now. So pay no attention to me pay, pay no attention to me um but i want every ultramarine player listening to this to just make one tiny vicatrix card like to to go amongst all the primaris guys just one little man syndrome vicatrix nice just just to kind of get uh so the kato's carious lives on so he lives on in, in all of us um and that has been The worst character in Warhammer 40,000 ever. Dude, I'm the best. I took first place at another tournament. First off, stop with the thunder and lightning. You don't impress me. And second, let me check out the BCP rankings. And I don't see you on there. What? Your TO needs to download the Best Coast Pairings app and run events on it. After the event, the results are uploaded into BCP rankings, and the best part, it's easy and free. But I play multiple game systems. No big deal. The BCP app can be used for any game. A ton of events every weekend are using it, from major international tournaments to local stores. And now that it's available on Android devices, you're going to have some serious competition. There can be only one. BCP Rankings is a fun and exciting way to measure how you or your team stack up. No matter what you play, your score goes to an overall ranking. Or compete to be the best in a game, a circuit, a region, or the world. Download the app or visit www.bestcoastpairings.com for more info. Best Coast Pairings. Are you the best? Man, I love music and I love great sound effects. And you know what I love more than that? Great music effects. I do too when they're not a million decibels. <laughs> That's because I went to one ear thing. Hey, we, we have more. There we go. Dan Moore. Uh, we have more favorite 8th edition memories shared by our, our friends and listeners and everyone. Um, and starting with this one. Hey, this is Seth from the Dangly Boys, one of the illustrious members of the Rogue Trader Network of podcasts. Hey, they mentioned uh, it. Our brothers oh, yeah. over at Mob Rules asked for some of our favorite 40K memories, so I thought I'd take a trip down uh, the 8th edition trail with you guys. So... Uh, conveniently, this time last year uh, was my first ATC, uh, and uh, we were we were going as a team of the Dangly Boys, uh, and I on the team. My role was to take orcs and try to find a way to counter knights with orcs, um, and so I came up with a buggy list uh, that was just kind of really hard for knights to kill. 
uh, and kind of just threw them off. Um, but fast forward to the last round of ATC. It is hot as fucking balls in this building. It's like a giant metal building with 500 dudes and no AC in Tennessee in June. We were roasting and melting and sweating. Um, so everyone was gross. And the last round opponents have been drinking pretty heavily on that Sunday. We didn't um, play them. And I get a guy no, that no, was running are. like a triple chitin, triple Lord Discord and Chaos list. And he oh, gets paired in oh, the Again, we didn't all, play him. Yeah, I'm going to kill me some trucks. And I wiped the floor with him. Um, he was throwing dice. He was cursing out his teammates. That's not my favorite story. What my favorite story is, is fast forward to this Just LVO. To point this is my out. first LVO that I went to. Aww. And uh, during the mythical uh, three hours between round two and three, <laughs> I had a chance to wander the halls and hang out with a lot of guys. And I knew some guys from uh, the gaming group from uh, Tennessee that I was hanging out with, and I recognized one of them, and he starts telling me about his worst game of 8th edition, <laughs> and how he had three chitons and three disco lords, and he should have trucked that orc player. But and he kept starting describing it, and then I realized I recognized this guy, because that's the guy that I rickrolled with my truck list. <laughs> and then I had to awkwardly get out of that conversation before he realized who he was. Fortunately, I was a dirty, dirty competitive player at that moment so I was running a space marine list uh, so he didn't recognize my orcs but uh, that was my favorite 8th edition memory was having someone tell me the story of how I kicked his ass and he didn't remember that it was me who did it um, so hey uh, thanks for, for uh, getting the shout outs in here guys and I'll catch you later man Rogue Trader Network I know what a great yeah. what a great thing Dangly Boys uh, and, and Zed 40 Cabal I won't say it uh, High Lords of Terra Yep. Um, what a great memory, though, for Seth. I remember him at LVO coming up and telling us, hey, yeah. guys, dude, let me tell you about this story. <laughs> it was great. Um, but wait, there's more. What? When when stuff floats, fill, fill that air. <clears throat> yeah, so yesterday I was walking. Okay, oh, so sorry, there we ahead. go. Perfect. <laughs> hey, guys. Bartosz here from the NZ40 Cabal. My favorite memory from 8th is going to be when the Marine Codex became better than the Elder Codex. And then the, the tidal wave of salt and bitchy whining from all the Elder players. It's, it's like, you know, it's like when a spoiled little kid finally gets a, gets a slap upside the face. Um, just to see the tears and the, and the pure sorrow of the Elder players was just, uh, it touched me. Deep down <laughs> in my colon. Oh, wow. um, in his butt. Yeah, it was just yeah. a beautiful thing. <laughs> Man, what a great memory. Yeah, it was solid. Sol- solid, solid memory right there. Um, those are the 8th edition memories we have. Uh, that's uh, oh, Bartosz from the NZ40 Cabal. Uh, podcast, uh, also part of the Rogue Trader Network here. Andrew's a good guy. And a great guy, yeah. Uh, apparently enjoys uh, the, the way things feel in his colon while playing 40K. That's cool. It not, happens. Not, not for me, but butt dice are cool. Just, uh, I won't roll your dice. This is all leading up to next episode of Mop Rules, where Danny and I share our favorite 8th edition memories. Yep. Uh, as we obviously are the main event for ourselves. Of course. We pop hard for ourselves. God, I gotta I really say. think of a good story. <laughs> so many. I know. So, so, yeah. so many out there, but... But while we're talking about eighth edition, oh, ninth watch with the eagle. <laughs> <laughs> it's ninth watch time, Hell Danny. Yeah. So many things have happened in the world of ninth. 
Uh, it's like we're we're like <laughs> ancient gold prospectors mining community articles for little nuggets of <laughs> nuggets of win. Um, um, did we talk about blast weapons last time? I think we did. I think we did. Yeah, yeah. probably. Blast weapons well, are probably going to be real good. We well, confirmed some things about blast weapons, um, which is important. In that dice rolls, like even if they're D3, still count as minimum three, and it's not like weapon profile total. No, it's just straight one, three, seven, or D6, or yeah, D whatever, three, Whatever, D6. like either the dice is maxed if they're 11 or higher, or if they're uh, six to 10, then it's a minimum three on each dice. So D3 weapons get max hits from six to six plus models. So... Go and buy some Thunderfire cannons. Heck yes. Buy all the... Here we go. I'm sorry. Apparently, I can't use the same button on different boards. <laughs> Gonna make that eagle noise famous. But there's a bunch of stuff, too, that's been going down. That's. Uh, it seems like... The, I don't know. There seems like some really cool things. Uh, they talked about the fallback stratagem. Yeah. A big fan of that. Being able to ignore tri-pointing. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that it seems to be tri-pointing is still a thing. Correct. But you have the chance to remove one unit that, that is very important for you to, to free up. Um, that That's really good. Like I said, a lot of the things that are coming up show like a greater depth of tactical play. For sure. And we don't know anything about whether or not like units that can fly can still shoot when they fall back or anything like that. We have no idea. Nope. So that remains to be seen. Uh, morale took a big hit today oh, as well. Oh, man. Yeah. Morale. And boy, am I excited about it. Yeah. I think it's good for award armies. I just... Okay, so the morale rules now are you if you fail a morale check, morale test, test is just like normal. You lose one guy, and then you have to roll a D6 for each guy in your unit. On a one, they die. Uh, if the unit is below half when before the attrition test is made, then you lose them on ones and twos. So It's a good rule. As someone I, who I like mainly good. plays hordes, like having to like automatically spend two CP... To keep a unit alive, sure, uh, felt bad. The the fact now that I have the chance to lose one plus uh, one sixth of the unit, right, feels way better um, and makes me want to use that CP for something else. Which there is a ton of other stuff now. And the one oh, always passes as well, right on the on the leader, on the morale check. So that was pretty good. Um, they've also released some new rules for terrain. There's dense terrain. Yes. Um, who knows what this keyword is going to be applied to? I kind of feel like it's woods. This we'll dick. Nice. Because of the foliage nice. more than anything yeah. else. No, yeah. I know. It's it's brushy. Yeah. Gray bush. So start a brush fire. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> uh, if you're within dense terrain uh, or behind dense terrain and people draw a line of sight to you, you are a minus one to hit. Uh, which is pretty cool. It seems to be there is a lot of stuff that gives negative to hits, um, which is why it's super good that they kept the the negative uh, to yes, hit thing. Absolutely, because forests do it, existing abilities do it, mm-hmm. a lot of other stuff does it. Sure, there's stratagems um, that do it, psychic powers. There's a ton of stuff in the game that gives you a minus one to hit. But I like that everyone really has access to it now because, like, I'll talk Eldar. Oh, straight, so you're just minus one to hit, and it fell back. So, yeah, not a big deal anymore. Nope, it is not a big deal at all. What is a big deal? Um, Overwatch is now a strategy. Oh yeah, let's talk about that. For let's a talk about that. Let's, Man, that's let's, let's, get, let's get serious about that because okay. okay. that's right. that's I think the biggest change, like including morale, um, including other stuff. This is now third edition. I think is when Overwatch first came in, and it's kind of current no. iteration. Well, no, because in second, at the start of your turn, 
You declared that a unit was going on Overwatch and it gave up its shooting, right? Third had no Overwatch, neither did fourth. Oh, so fifth so you, is when it came in. Yes. Huh. Yes. That's when you could Overwatch on sixes. You could snapshot. Because that's when snapshotting became a Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, but it's now it's just part and parcel of the game. Um, yep. But it slows the game down a ton. It does. It oh. does. Especially if you have something like, you know, Riptide with heavy burst cannon that shoots. Or aggressors. Shots, or, or aggressors. Centurions. Yeah, or centurions. So now you can still do it with that one super important squad if you want to, but... I love the level of, and again, mostly like a horde assault player here, but the level of tactics it gives. Do I fake out? Do I set up a unit to be able to charge? Mm-hmm. So like, you, like an assured charge. Right. And you and like I then I just don't charge them because I charge all my other stuff first and make you not Overwatch? Yeah, it's like a 30-point unit worth them spending 2 CP. It's very possible because the Overwatch regimen is also 2 command points. Right. So, so I think that's a true. really good balance, and it enforces a lot of thought. Yep. And what you're doing is like, do you overwatch my obliterators or my, sorry, if you do overwatch the mutilators mm-hmm. or do you hold off for the corn berserkers that might not make the charge? Right. Cause you know, the mutilators will. Yeah. But then once the mutilators touch you, yeah, you can't overwatch anymore, but not if it's on the other side of the board. So I'm saying, so if you have like mutilators six uh-huh. inches away yeah, and you have corn berserkers nine inches away on the other right. side of the table, it's like which unit Overwatch? Oh, sure. I see so, so like just trying to like force really difficult decisions and having. I, I was of- thinking like if you needed a unit to die, mm-hmm. and that unit absolutely had to die, right? You could you could set up two units on that one unit, and then you charge with the closest unit first, even if it's like a forty point guardsman unit to just soak up Overwatch. And if they don't declare Overwatch on that squad, you charge, make it in, lock them up. Then you can charge them with the other squad with no penalty. Yeah, they won't be able to overwatch you. No, I'm just talking about burning. But yeah, you're right. Burning that, the strat as soon as possible with like good. little cheap units to. So like something, and again, my my love of mutilator is well known by this point. Like a little cheap unit that can hit as more of a threat, but is not necessarily your hammer. It's just right. sort of like you look at me, sort of thing, trying to get you to burn through stratagem points. This kind of reminds me of fantasy. Um, in that like you used to be able to do this with charge reactions where you would have where you would charge with some units where they would declare what they're you try and get them to declare their intention early so that you could potentially you know have them flee out of the way or something like that so there's like an order of operations that you do there that's going to be the best way to play that and that's going to be a skill in its own to like determine what that actually is so that'll be really cool huge depth and just from that one giant change and I think we really needed it, like, well, assault armies really needed it because some of the things that were previewed so far with the shooting in combat, mm-hmm. um, they're not being, like, being able to leave automatically. There needed to be something there uh, to kind of balance it out a little yep, bit. Yep. And we got that with that Rad Overwatch strat. Yeah, um, it's definitely helpful for assault armies, which I'm a big fan. Like, they should, they need the help. Um, and, like, especially the game only being five turns, like, I think it's now it's going to be a big deal. For sure. Seriousness over. Watch with the eagle. <laughs> uh, what else did they announce for for ninth so far? Um, it's been oh, like a weird slow trickle of information. Uh, so they did do a secondary, uh, one of the new secondaries, oh, which yeah. is like pseudo recon. Yeah, three table quarters instead of four. Well, so it's two points if you control three table quarters, and three points if you control four table quarters, and they have to be away from the middle of the table. Which I like, because then that makes the scrum in the middle a little bit less important and flanking units have a little bit more value. Yeah, for sure. Which is Speaking cool. of flanking units, Strategic Reserves oh, also previewed. Oh yeah, let's talk about Strategic Reserves, baby. 
So Strategic Reserves has a table for a power level value and a command point that it ta- command point uh, cost that it takes to put units in Strategic Reserve. So it'll be and if they come in, they they can't come in until turn two. Turn two units can come in from your board edge only, mm-hmm. uh, or I'm sorry, they can come in from the sides, but they can't come in in your opponent's deployment zone. No, and they have to be well within six inches of the side as well. Within six inches of the table edge and nine inches away from the enemy. And then if you wait until turn three, they can come in anywhere nine inches away from the enemy, which is six inches of the board edge, of course. What I really like about it is you aren't, it doesn't seem to be limited to individual units. So like if you put like a ton of stuff in reserve, it's the total combined power level of things in reserve. That is what you're paying for command point wise. So that... A lot of some really interesting choices. Like, are we going to start seeing? And again, we're just mindless speculation here. Brought to you by Spiky Bits. Are we going to start seeing like that Space Marine drop pod list come, where you have your drop pods who, in the rules right now, can drop turn one, right? And then the other half of the army outflanking. Are we back to like our that's, null deploy times? That and that's possible. And man, that list would be cool to see. On the oh team. yeah, for sure. And it, and it fits really well the theme. Um, I saw some people talking like for me personally, Mortarian three CP to outflank. Done deal. Every game. Done deal. I mean, he doesn't get shot turn one anymore. And turn two, he can come in the side of the table. Um, very close to the enemy. Uh, or if you want to wait till turn three, that's fine too. Yeah. And that means I don't have to take that chaos attachment for warp time because I can get him up the table in the same amount of time pretty much. Yep. Uh, so that's some great stuff there coming in from that. Uh, super happy with those changes. I'm, I'm very excited. I think all these changes are amazing. So What else you got? Uh... I think that's it, isn't it? It's all really of note, um, I would say, the past couple of There's weeks. There's a couple of little things that, like, maybe they mentioned. But oh, then, uh, another another thing that they brought up was... Okay, John. Yeah. Ninth Watch with John. Oh. Sorry, the zookeeper. Ninth Watch with John. <laughs> <laughs> that's that Danny's rage uh, being yeah. drowned out. Yeah. So, no, they also, as uh, the footnote of one of the articles, mm-hmm. uh, a, a change was made to the charging, um, where you had to physically be able oh, to yeah, charge. for multi-charges. For, for multi-charges. Yep. So, a favorite tactic of mine right now is to declare everything within 12 inches. Sure. If I make it, great. If I don't, I can consolidate into you, and then and I make it. And still fight. And still fight. Now, as of ninth edition, if I don't make the, all of the charges with the charge roll, the charge fails. Yep. That is so much bigger than losing Overwatch. It's huge. It's huge. Um, because like, I've, I've had times where I've logged up an entire army that way. Yep. Um, but with this change, I can't do that. I have to be way more strategic. I'm no longer going to declare against everything. Um, obviously, I'm still going to try and tag stuff, but I right. won't be able to fight. It's it's so good, man. I'm, I'm very excited. I am so excited about this edition. I, I think it's, I think it's going to be What awesome. are your feelings on the specificity? Oh, specificity. That's not a word. The, the specificness of the language and, and what we've seen so far. Because um, there's been some salt coming around that it's it's too specific, but at the same time, we've just gone through three years of people exploiting oh every single use of well, a word. Like, we have double... We have FAQs twice a year because because the rules aren't clear enough, and then when they're actually very specific for the situations they encounter, people are finding all kinds of loopholes in them. Did we talk about character, character targeting? Uh, we did not. Okay, so that's something that changed. We'll talk about that next. Um, but the uh, uh, I was thinking of loopholes. 
and those and those those rules do have some, but we'll see if those end up uh, getting immediately FAQ'd to be something different because they're kind of screwed up right now. Anyway, um, so I think it's really good that they're being very clear with this stuff. I think the bullet points that they have are going to be really important. I, so I think looking at it, I think like we're going to sit down and turn the entire book into a PowerPoint presentation of flowcharts <laughs> and bullet points. <laughs> I mean, we can definitely do that. I don't know if I still have, uh, oh, oh God, what's the, why can I not remember the name of that Microsoft product? Anyway. Um, uh, PowerPoint. No, 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 not the, the, no, the one that creates the uh, uh, charts and stuff like that. Oh, Excel. Really, no, not Excel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know why. Access? No. It's, I'm not making a database, John. All right. Anyway. Uh, so. <laughs> keep going through Microsoft products. Visio. Visio. Oh. Um, anyway. Uh, so <laughs> we can create some swim lanes and, and uh, <laughs> do some uh, some various different other stuff. Anyway, um, we character targeting. Yes, let's talk Tar- about cards targeting. targeting. So the new character targeting rules are such that you you can't target a character with when if he's within three inches of a monster or a vehicle or a unit of three or more models. Unless he's the closest target and visible to the firer. So there's kind of some cheese ways to get around it. So like it doesn't necessarily say that he, that the closest unit has to be the one that's blocking for him. Mm -hmm. So like the monster or, or vehicle or the unit of three. So if he's within three inches of a unit of three guys, but then there's like a unit way up the table, hiding behind some building, hiding behind a corner ruin or something like that. Mm -hmm. that You can't see that would block for that character but it means that if you shoot the squad that's close to him um then he's targetable so then you can nail him with stuff so i think overall it's an improvement and it's going to make you put your characters in a lot more risky situations which i really like i really like the fact that on the table right now what we're seeing is we have like units way up front and then characters by themselves in the middle of the table and no one shooting at them and that doesn't make any sense to me no, it's, um, pretty, it's pretty silly. Whereas this way, they're at least directing or leading a squad, and it feels right. more... Um, like when they joined the unit, right? Right. And they were like leading from the front. Right. It's almost like that old rule, but without the ridiculousness of Barkstar. Right. Um, yes. which, which I'm all for. Uh, but it's a, it's a great change again. Uh, respects the current character rule and really adds on to it in a way where I think they're trying to, um, to, to make the game go. Movement is so... Huge it seems like edition. it's going to be a really big deal. Yeah, like I've started dust. I've dusted off rhinos. I'm I'm dusting off pods. I think um, I think the mobile like mechanized infantry lists are going to be very good in this edition for sure. Just the way it's going um, with some of the objectives that have been previewed, some of the the missions, um, the time of the static gun line is is maybe not great right now. Sure, uh, because with the terrain rules that have come, where everything is meant to be like infinitely high. Right, um, right. Or, or or negative to hits. Yep, we're gonna see like a lot more mobility. Um, a big fan of that mobility is gonna be a lot of the new Astartes units. Right. Um, oh yeah, man. Which we're gonna take a break and we're gonna come back about uh, and talk about all things Primaris. 
If you're a true follower of chaos, enjoy killing town scum, fry devilfish for breakfast, drink the blood of fire warriors, collect the bones of crude fodder, desecrate the cockpits of mantas with demonic sigils, sing songs of chaotic praise and joy when berserkers chain X overwatching broadsides, hell drake bell flame shield drones into flying discs of spinning fire, and just all around bask in the path to glory. Then the Shrine of Chaos podcast is a must listen for you. I'm Mini Morgamer Dave from MiniWarGaming.com, and I invite you to be a champion of chaos. Listen to the Shrine of Chaos podcast wherever podcasts are downloadable. Thank you, Mob Rules, for allowing this message from the Eye of Terror. Faceless speculation <laughs> brought to you by Spiky Bits. I mean, it doesn't really fit because we're talking Probably. about the the Astarte. Oh, man. Did not fade that out no, at all. It's just abrupt. Just, just very abrupt. See, I feel like you thought that all of your endings were very abrupt today because you've been like, I don't know, like. I've uh, been hitting so many buttons. Uh, it's the return of everyone's uh, least favorite thing <laughs> is uh, John with the soundboard. No, it's it's pretty much our favorite thing. That it pretty much is. Yeah, it is. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Astartes, uh, obviously oh. the poster boys. Bruh. Getting a lot of new toys. Man, these new models look so good. I'm very hyped for them. Um, so let's start with the HQ choices in this new box. Sure. Because there's like three. So <laughs> as is perf- tradition. Perfect for a battalion, right? Um, so you have the new Primaris Captain model. And I don't know if he's like a Blade Guard Primaris Captain or just a Primaris Captain. Um, but he's got a Storm Shield and a Power Sword. Uh, well, it's, I'm sorry. It's a mastercrafted power sword. So they're very that. sure to point that out. So let's get that right. Um, Kiddos and carry don't hand out no shitty swords. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, it's a relic, uh, shield as well. So who knows if that has special rules? Um, he's what a great looking model. Like, oh yeah, his helm is like kind of like half up. Um, so you can kind of see his face. Also, like all the other Blade Guard models, he appears to have an Iron Halo, which is interesting. Like all of the models that are like supposed to be quote unquote the Blade Guard models have Iron Halos and Storm them. Shields, and Storm which Shields. seems Belt and Suspenders territory yeah. right there. <laughs> that's true. Which makes me think there's going to be a new Marine book coming soon. And they, yeah, that's that's I think that that's happening. Um, you can also see that his shirt is tucked in. Oh. <laughs> Um, it's his last tucked in then he has a belt around it like a big old well, like it's tucked in underneath it's like a reverse tuck so like the uh his robe is like tucked in underneath his breastplate man necrons rise up really quickly with no warning maybe he's like halfway getting his robes on <laughs> yeah, he's like oh shit i better so put my armor go. on son um so yeah he looks uh he looks super cool the primary lieutenant looks super cool again mastercraft of power sword storm shield um, but he has the Volkite pistol, which is pretty cool. Uh, oh, sorry, a Neo Volkite pistol. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, which has some really nice rules to it. Oh yeah, they did preview those, didn't it? Yeah, it was like six. It's it's a pistol two, fifteen inches, uh, strength five, damage two, no AP. And uh, if it's uh, if you roll a six to wound, a six plus to wound, or I think it's a natural six. Natural six. Yeah, uh, it does a mortal wound in addition to normal, which damage. is super good and respectful, honestly, of the Volkite rules from thirty k. Yeah, man, those were cool rules. And I it, took Volkite on everything. And it didn't really make sense. A lot of the stuff they're putting out for 30K, like it doesn't make sense not to translate it to 40K. I agree. Uh, that's, a, that's, that's a Hank Games Workshop. Please translate 30K to 9th edition. 
Oh yeah, except in which for case, them. <laughs> out of spite for our friends, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm gonna need you to, to keep that under wraps. Um, so the Primaris lieutenant and the chaplain, um, and the blade guard veterans and the blade guard ancient all have their shirts tucked in. Um, so the Primaris chaplain, they're almost like Astarte Mormons. There you go. Yes. <laughs> Just going planet to planet, spreading the good word. That's right. Converting people whether they want it or not on bicycles. <laughs> um, so the Primaris Chaplain, his face is the new Primaris Chaplain model. His face is like the best space. Oh, yeah. That's the one where it's like the half Terminator face, oh my right? God, it's so good. He looks amazing. Um, they did just a phenomenal job on that, on that paint job, and the model is just beautiful. So I can't wait to add him. Uh, you remember the Primaris Lieutenant, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's a beautiful gentleman. Oh, sorry, did I not talk about him as well? He's I don't think we talked model. enough about him. We didn't talk about his massive, massive holster. Well, you know, he's got a big pistol. <laughs> I always just assumed they were mag-locked. Like, imagine being a space marine with magnetic armor, which, you know, and a gun that's metal. And for your birthday, your chapter master gives you a holster. Like a leather holster. Like a leather holster. And you're like, great. I have maglocks. They're like, oh, you don't like it? Like, no, it's of the fine. Skin of heretics. <laughs> um, much like the gloves that the Judicator is wearing. Oh, yes. Uh, the young man that in- inspired me to create that corrections and omissions sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> he looks cool. He's got the uh, little time travel device, apparently. Yeah, I definitely think I'll be getting one somehow um, and then making him into a master of execution. Oh yeah, he looked freaking and just awesome for that. Switch the sword out for an axe. Um, just like have the axe over his shoulder. Yep. Yeah, that'll look really good. Yep. And I think that's literally the only conversion that he's done to that model to make it a good uh, master of execution. So you know how we mentioned time bandits a little bit earlier. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. He is a time bandit. He's <laughs> got a little mask on, like around his face, like a little. I'm gonna. Well, either that or he's like really into the COVID like mask. Good, gonna have to <laughs> green stuff a cowboy hat on him. Actually, so I think his face looks super weird. I I well, think it's a helmet. Here's like, the deal. I think it is a helmet because if you look at the eyes, those are eye lenses. Yeah. Um, but then it begs the question, why are you wearing a mask over a helmet? Well, because he wants to he wants to protect other people from getting sick. John. Like, oh, shit. It's a guy in a skull mask. Oh, I'm not scared. Oh, but he has a bandana, too. He's a bandit. Quick, get out of here. Oh, no, he can manipulate time. He's a time bandit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, after uh, that, we uh, go to our regular Blade Guard veterans. Yep. Oh, man. Uh, so these models are like, uh, they might be my favorite Space Marine models. I re- So, okay, I really like the short sword and shield aesthetic. Sure. I, I think that is like one of the coolest things. And these guys might actually make it work. Um, I really hope they're so. going to get a lot of dick pain from those holsters because they also have the eight foot holsters. Yeah, so I think that they have heavy bolt pistols, but they might have Volkai pistols. I think they have they, Volkai pistols. They very well could. Hard to say. Uh, I love that the new models uh, really are reflective of the old Honor Guard and the old yes. Vanguard veterans. Yep. Uh, they take a lot of design style cues while also updating them. Well, and they think, have Crusader style helms, right? Those right. Look awesome. And I think they did a really good job updating the vanguard which is essentially what this is or, or the honor guard too mm-hmm. uh, and making them into primaris uh and, and the whole unit just looks amazing i'm very excited to stick some in an impulsor and throw them in somebody's face yes great. uh so hey someone saw a sister of battle with that giant skull banner thing and got all jelly 
<laughs> yeah, that must be what it is. Oh, we have a. Blade Did you Guard notice Ancient. that he has the uh, the hand of the skeleton on the blade? The blade guard ancient has the hand of the skeleton, like in his hand, like he's like, "This fell off. I, <laughs> I couldn't glue it back on, guys." <laughs> I just imagine it was some way to taunt Dorn. Oh, maybe it's not even the same blade from or a hand from that skeleton. It's just a quick hey. Hey, you know what I really want to see is we see all of these great um, skeletons uh, adorning everything here. Honestly, all the uh, bank or Blagard ancient model would need is if you replace that skull with a Necron face and have it so you have like a live guy like chained to the top oh, of the banner. Be cool. It'd be pretty cool. Like, it's just, there's a lot of play in in how these things are displayed, and I so, think like a, like a Blood Angel style chapter or a Space Wolves would have no problem displaying like live bodies on their their banners oh, and things yeah i was yeah i was gonna say flesh tears oh yeah that. yeah like maybe uh yeah space wolves maybe um so one thing about the skeleton i'm pretty sure the skeleton is an astarte skeleton and not just a normal human because he's got like a weird bionic heart thing going on oh the uh, black carapace piece right uh, it, that it could be that it's some kind of a port and bionic in his chest and then he also has half of his face is a with a lens kind of and he's got service, service studs. studs yeah, yeah. So, man, taking it to the heretics. I know. Well, he always wanted to be a banner. <laughs> Brother Jimbo. <laughs> ever since Talos. Last wish. Ever since Talos made it big in the Night Lords. Books, oh, yeah, that's true. All he wanted to be Ooh. was a banner for someone. It's, geni- it's genius. He wanted to see the universe, but not actually move. <laughs> uh, next unit, we've got Eradicators. Uh, these guys are in Gravis armor, so that's cool. So I'm hoping there'll be toughness five, three wounds. I think that'll be that like that in itself is pretty baller for a unit that shoots Melta guns. Yeah. And I really like the design of the Melta guns too, where the top handle uh, on there. So like the way they're holding it makes it seem like there's real weight to the gun. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also just the idea of Primaris Melta. Like I love what they did with Hellblasters. Finally, they get Melta guns. Um, But only like plasma can only take you so far. So the fact that now... We have some great Gravis armor where we have kind of an idea already sort of what their stats are going to be. Um, specific Melta units? Yes, please. Yeah. Fill, fill up a little Impulsor. Scoot them all up the field. I will say, though, that, like, it's kind of... Okay, so, and I'm not trying to be critical here. Like, I really am not. I, I think these models are all fantastic. But the design between, like, the captain and the lieutenant and the chaplain and the and the adjudicator and the blade guard and the ancient are like very like robed medieval almost stormcast like Mm -hmm. and then you get to like the eradicators and they just look like normal marines so it's kind of a weird it's kind of a weird dynamic well they used up all the fabric on the blade guard ancient that's true all the all the extra bits who's very covered in fabric (laughs) has around his shoulders which he has like over his it's under his pauldrons so like he's got like he tucks in man he's got the extra tuck (laughs) uh space marines tuck hard well and like look how it goes across his gorget too like (laughs) It's it's real good. Yeah, it's real good. He stapled it in place all around the neck. He line. did so it won't come. It won't come off. No. Like he pinned it to his shirt. His mom did that for him. <laughs> Ultramarines famed uh, start shirt people. Yeah, though uh, totally they are uh, assault intercessors. Can I just say, like, I am incredibly fucking hyped for assault intercessors. Like, I would I would much rather punch somebody in the face than shoot them with a bunch of bolter shots. Although both are satisfying. Um, the assault intercessor squad getting in there with a rumored. Strength five minus one AP, like they will be freaking nasty in combat with a ton of attacks. Um, can I say is that a Crux Terminatus on their left arm? 
On the assault interceptors? Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's a on the left arm. Yeah. So like on their, see the arm right there? They have like that little skull with the little cross. Uh, does this denote them to be special at all? Oh, I, mean, I, this I don't is, know. This is baseless speculation after all. Uh, the other thing I like That's about- possible. Those are on the Blade Guard veterans as well. The other thing I like about this kit is all of these can be proxied very easily for lieutenants. Not that there isn't a thousand primaries lieutenants out there, um, but a quick snip of the chainsword and you have a lot of dynamic looking power swords uh, and poses out there. For sure. You just have to p- make sure to put them on a 40 mil. Oh yeah. You want to make sure you get your but, buffs out. But yeah. Uh, and uh, also the sergeant has a plasma gun or a plasma pistol. So I'm looking forward to see if like, I hope he has other combat options. Like he can take a fist or a power sword or something like that. That looks cool. like his metal arm. Yeah, I think, the, well, the plasma gun probably exploded, so he probably had to get that replaced. <laughs> That's, like, one of my favorite little, like, model stories that you can ever have is a dude with a plasma gun and a, and a bionic arm. Because always you needs know to that he lost it because it gets hot. Always needs to have a bionic arm. Yeah. Um, also, always bully your opponent into rolling for gets hot every time. Is going to be overcharged? No. Are you scared? Are you a coward? Oh, yeah. Always. I used to do that with the Glacial Geek all the time when he was up here, and he would just yell at me, no. No, I'm not losing Azrael that way. <laughs> I do it for my opponent. I say, and my Seraphim uh, superior is not going to overcharge her plasma pistol because she is a coward. <laughs> <laughs> like every time. Um, uh, Judge Dredd is now. I'm sorry, Outriders oh are God. next. Okay, so I said I was hype about the other units, but like as far as game-wise goes, I'm most hype about the Outriders because finally I can take White Scars with a biker unit in them. That's Primaris. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. I hope I can take them in units of six. The models are gorgeous. They look really beefy. I don't, they don't have much ground clearance, um, but they're a space Marine bike. So I assume they just blast through any kind of <laughs> the guns are, the guns aren't there to shoot the enemy. They're there to blast the path through the battle. <laughs> they kind of create like a furrow. We're just going to drive through the way I'm going to beat your army is just being on a moderate hill. <laughs> I'm just going to roll over you. Don't ask me to turn, because I won't. But no, great models. I said, no, a lot of clearance, but a lot of play there for conversions. I've seen some great things going out there, replacing the wheels with, like, grav tracks. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. um, Which works really well, and a couple of other things really work well. Um, But again, if you're the kind of person who's complaining about the realism of a bike on your nine-foot-tall super soldier 39,000 years in the future. Yeah, seriously. Get out out of here. Get out. (laughs) Done. We're done with you. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So they have four wounds each. Because they did reveal their stats. They did, yeah. Uh, four wounds is a lot of wounds on a model. Uh, I'm very excited to see how these guys play. And with the skilled rider stratagem, being able to give them an invulnerable save very easily. Very. <sighs> yeah, they're going to be good, son. Yeah, that's that's your opponent's. Like, yeah. Okay. Um, so that's everything that's coming in the Dominus box. Uh, they also previewed a couple of other new units that are yep. coming uh, based off of that. There is the extreme go-karting ATV uh, Invader ATV. I think the thing looks cool. I don't. I, I mean, I get why people are kind of clowning on it a little bit, but like at the same time, it they need an attack bike analog, and this here's, is going to fit the bill. Here's the thing: it looks like something that folds up very easily for transport. Absolutely, and I think that's where the design flaw. And the same thing with the bikes. Oh, too. the bikes too. I didn't even think of that. That's a really good point. They John. look like they they fold up to fit the maximum possible in whatever. I forget the name of the giant Primaris transport. Overlord. 
the Overlord, right? So it looks like they're designed to fold up and then deploy rapidly and be used by intercessor squads. Where, mm. like the Ultramarine yeah. movie that we sat through last week, um, they're just designed to be like drop down, they fold out, and then they're good to go. Uh, right. So that's kind of how I see it there. Um, but honestly, if I can take them in units, uh, again, we're uh, upgraded attack bikes pretty much now. I want to see different weapon options on them. Um, oh, yeah, that's true. I would I would be surprised if they didn't have another weapon option. Right. Uh, similar to like the other things because we have the hog, uh, wonderful hog gun, um, <laughs> the heavy onslaught Gatling cannon yep. on, on there. Um, but like things like the Redemptor Dreadnought and the um, Repulsor, they came with kind of other options to replace the heavy onslaught. True, true. So they could take like a, uh, a plasma cannon or maybe some kind of a LAS gun or yeah. LAS cannon or something. That'd be cool. Or a big melted cannon. That would be also awesome. Oh, for sure. I have that on there yet. I'm going to say no I, to that, personally. I, 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 hope it's face a, it. I hope since it doesn't have a base, it's a vehicle. Yeah. Because then you can use like these as a screen for your army. Just jump up, get locked in combat, and then shoot the Just shit shoot out of your opponent. shit out of them in combat, yeah. Wonderful. Beautimous. Um, and then we also have the Firestrike Servo Turret uh, with one of the first um, Primaris Tech Marines driving that bad boy. Yeah. Well, driving it. I mean, he's sitting there. Well, the second one. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, we, we paused because we heard like a giant crashing down the stairs. Thankfully, it's not my infant son, uh, but it looks like a book that he threw down the stairs. Nice. <laughs> Yay! Fuck education. <laughs> All right. Um, this is America. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but it looks like it has... Uh, some it looks like you can do the twin accelerated auto cannon, which is the same thing the suppressors have. Mm-hmm. Um, if that's the case, then that means that you can use these to deny people Overwatch. Oh which yeah, I forgot that was a rule for those cool. guys. Well, you can't Overwatch right now. Well, yeah, but they couldn't even spend the points on the oh, strat. Wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you can also do the twin last talon. Yeah, which is also good. So, but I mean, twin last talent is going to be short range. So you got to make sure that your opponent's within 24 inches of these guys. Right. I mean, we'd be very interested to see the points cost of these guys. Like yep. I, for one, I love the, like, I'm a big fan of quad mortars and thunder fires and any kind of like sure. set artillery pieces. Um, so just the look of this guy, again, everything we're seeing coming out new for the Primaris looks like a quickly inserted defensive or a quickly inserted force from the fold up bikes and carts to the gun emplacements are just like, boom, we're here. Uh, we're we're holding this point. It looks like it has grav plates on it, on the bottom, on the legs. Oh yeah, yeah. So maybe it can like move very slowly or something. Absolutely, I need you to put yours on a rod to make a hover, and then you can yeah. use that to your advantage to be like, yeah, I have line of sight. I'm hovering, bitch. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think yeah, that's all of the uh, primaris. The, yeah. They're 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 coming out. I'm very excited for this range to Dude, to expand. Um, even more excited to see all of the uh, rumor engine stuff coming out, looking all Death Guardy. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, Primaris is looking great. What do you guys think the roles are going to be for Primaris? Uh, do you agree with me? It's all fold up, quick insertion stuff, which you should, because I'm pretty f- smart when it comes to this stuff. Um, and <laughs> don't you, question me. Don't don't question me, like at all. I have a lot of false bravado right now. <laughs> Through Primaris, all things are possible. So just jot that down. Just <laughs> do you have a single wound? A standard bolt gun? Having trouble maintaining an acceptable Xenos kill count? Only barely over two meters tall? Maybe it's time to ask your lieutenant if the Rubicon Primaris is right for you. The Rubicon Primaris is a prescription process that helps you to update that tired look. 
You may notice an increase in your purging abilities after two to within two to four hours. You may experience loss of life, additional organs, and a points increase. Do not take the Rubicon if you plan on fitting into rhinos, drop pods, or other traditional vehicles. The Rubicon Primaris is not intended for second founding chapters. The Rubicon Primaris is for use on genetically enhanced super soldiers over the age of 800 only. You are encouraged to report negative side effects to your company's apothecary. The Rubicon Primaris. Because sometimes plot armor is just not enough. Uh, Danny, I don't have any fun music or sound effects for this. Uh, That's okay. But we, we kind of went against format. We kind of went against format a little bit. I uh, usually start with games played and things we've been up to. Um, obviously, that, that section has got sparser and sparser as the, the quarantines have continued. But you and I'm Danny, and you're John, and this is Marlboros. Oh yeah, <laughs> I don't think we even did that, did we? No, we sure no, didn't. no, sure didn't. Just know who we are by now, obviously. Um, no, know people, your role. People have been disturbingly positive about the attractiveness of my voice recently, which I don't get. Ooh. But we've had like multiple comments this past two weeks. Yeah, well, people are objectifying you. That's apparently so. And well, I, but not physically. <laughs> God, no. No, not even my wife objectifies me physically. <laughs> I just got to point that out there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, young Danny here packed up into a, a bus full of uh, hippies and drove up the, the path. Followed the same route as a kid from Into the Wild. Yeah, um, we did. On the way up to, to... Oh, man, we could not find this place for... Anyway. D- up to... Uh, our buddy Tim Hubesher, Hube, 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 Hubesher, Hubesher, uh, to his place um, in in a place called Delta Junction. Uh, for people wondering, uh, Danny and I are located in Anchorage. His house is about six hours drive uh, from here, five or six hours drive. Uh, so it was a fair track, but it was a private invitational event that Danny was lucky enough to go to. I was, uh, I not so much as it was a private invitational event. And I did not receive any kind of personalized RSVP, uh, so I was unable to attend. I mean, you were invited. I was also invited, and I received a personal <laughs> invite. But uh, yeah, I, I had to to make the hobby the, the hobby budget bills uh, and go. go That's to fair. One of those gimmicks called work. But you got to attend, so yeah. Tell me a little bit about it. Um, let's see here. So I. Uh, I've been playing Sisters quite a bit lately, and so I wanted to switch it up a little bit. Um, I was really excited to play some actual games of 40K and hang out with my friends. Um, So we drove up there uh, on a Friday. Um, I think we left Anchorage at like 6 (laughs) o'clock, maybe maybe a little bit later. Um, And we got to Delta at like... (laughs) Maybe one o'clock in the morning. Oh, jeez! Because uh, we were going slow, and like also we had to stop a, a couple of times. But man, it was beautiful. I took some pictures and posted those in our Discord as well. Like just because it was beautiful outside. Um, really, God's country. I mean, you can't see like it's just like emptiness for hundreds, if not thousands, of miles in in any one. Particular I think direction. my least favorite thing about the drive up to Fairbanks is uh, when you leave civilization and don't get phone reception for five hours. It can be kind of rough in that way. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm like, one, I was passenger, my wife was driving, and I couldn't look at Reddit or Facebook. Oh, or my, like what, what did you even do? I talked to my wife. Oh, jeez. Like, yeah. What garbage. Um, 
so let's see here. So I uh, uh, I drove up with uh, some some guys from Anchorage here, um, and luckily we went kind of the long way, mm-hmm. or unluckily, I don't know. Oh, did um, you do like go up to Fairbanks and then round? No, or? we we drove to Glen Allen oh. and then up, um, because that's like. So I think we were in cell service a lot more, even though I didn't use my cell phone a ton. Um, uh, mostly because of the drinking, but like the, uh, uh, dr- driving there though, um, we had a really good time. Uh, we told a lot of stories. Um, we created a new meme. Well, not, we didn't create the meme, but we implemented a team meme that we used the entire weekend about having small penises being indicative of having a larger IQ. Um, so I mean, that's not a meme. That's just flat. Truth. It's just true. Yeah. That's just true. It's science. Hashtag four inches is average. And so, uh, we, <laughs> uh, so whenever somebody made a really dumb move, we called them a dongoloid or that that was a really 10 inch idea or a real 10 inch idea there, that kind of thing. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but the best part, uh, was getting there and hanging out with my friend, hanging out with some friends from, uh, cause our team is kind of split between two cities that are pretty far away from each other. There, it's about a six hour drive to Fairbanks, which is the other major city in Alaska. Um, and so we're separated. We don't get to see them except for big tournaments when they drive down. Uh, we rarely go the other way. So this time it was fair. We went the other way and that was, and that was a good time. So we met at our friend Tim's house. Um, he hosted us all. Uh, a couple of my buddies and I, we got a Airbnb, um, which were all empty because like nobody is going anywhere or doing anything. Um, we were super safe. Like, of course, anywhere we stopped, we wore masks and things like that. And like, uh, we, uh, like everybody at the event has been social distancing hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was no cases between anybody. So we, we were, we were, we were, everybody's either been tested or not been around anybody who has uh, been sick. So we were, we tried to be very responsible. In addition, most of the tables, all the tables almost were outside. They were either inside of, there were four tables in a two car garage. And then there were uh, two tables outside and then one inside of Tim's house. And so open air, everything's moving around really great. The Um, one in Tim's house, is that the Timder Dome? uh, Well, I mean, Tim started the day there, but I don't think he played any other games inside. (laughs) Yeah, I just have images of Tim like lounging on his couch. At his couch height table. <laughs> Just really protecting the back for round That's three. Fair. That's fair. Good good move on his part. Um, oh, man. I had my first game. So, okay, so I brought Imperial Fists because, sure. Sure, why not, right? Yeah, I was just having fun. Um, so I brought an Imperial Fist list. I had, uh, oh, let's see here. I brought a battalion and a spearhead. Um, I brought a battalion had uh, a chapter master with a chainsword and storm shield um and then i had a uh primaris uh or sorry primaris chaplain and then i had two units of uh uh sorry one two units of five intercessors with stalker bolt rifles and one unit of or no they had regular bolt rifles sorry two units of, of uh dudes yeah i didn't even write my list in bcp this is the problem guys you should oh, always put your list this in is the how event. professional uh that is um, man, isn't BCP great though? They definitely, you know, are, are fantastic sponsors. Of the, oh yeah, the for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, then I had a unit of eight intercessors with a thunder hammer and bolt rifles. Uh, two units of six uh, 
uh, Inceptors with the Assault Bolters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I had in my Spearhead, I had Tor Garadon and a Primaris Lieutenant, uh, two Repulsor Executioners, and a and two uh, uh, Eliminator Units. So the list kind of worked like this. I took, uh, like I talked about, uh, I think a couple of episodes ago, uh, where I took the Indominus Veterans Specialist Attachment on the Battalion so that I can do double bolter drill from Crimson Fist and Imperial Fist at the same time. Ooh. Which turned out to be really freaking good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in the times that I got to shoot them with all the buffs on them. Um, so uh, first round, I played against Micah. He was playing Death Guard. Um, I blew Micah off the table. Like I let him go first and then he kind of moved up and then I shot the ever living shit out of him like hard as um, your, as your will to do. Did right. he, did he run young Mortarian? He didn't. I think Mortarian would have had an even rougher time, uh, versus me than any of his, uh, than the stuff he did. He had a lot of terminators. So highlights of this game, uh, death shroud deep struck within, uh, 12 inches of, well, they deep struck nine inches away from a unit of, uh, inceptors. Oh, I think actually, um, I don't even want to tell the story here about why don't we use Micah's own words. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Did Danny tell you what happened in our game two weeks ago? <laughs> he auspects gray shield, crimson fists, imperial fisted me with bolter drilled my death shroud in our game. I think in one full round, he managed to throw 200 exploding dice in Overwatch and Auspex. Brackets. <laughs> I forced him to do it because I wanted to see him like hand 100 dice or 100 plus dice. <laughs> it was so hot outside. It was like 75 degrees. Well, for me, it was hot, right? It was like 75, 80 degrees out there in the sun. And I'm just like sitting there like cooking. I think I got over over a hundred mosquito bites on my legs. I counted them when I got home, uh, so I got eaten up. And I put pug dope on too, like it was crazy. So these death shroud deep struck in, and uh, I did thirty seven wounds to them in over in Auspex scan. No, from Auspex scan, and then I killed all but one. Well, yeah, because you're doing thirty seven wounds to them, and like strength five. So there's only so many two pluses you can roll. Well, minus two AP, so oh. there were four pluses with five plus disgustingly resilient. I mean, still, yeah, it was brutal. Um, Math hammered, got him. Uh, so yeah, I aced those guys, uh, and I killed the other guy on Overwatch. I killed the Demon Prince on Overwatch. Uh, that was pretty good <laughs> with the separating plate. <laughs> uh yeah so that game was a pretty decisive win in my favor um i was gonna ask who won that game <laughs> okay jokes on you it was micah no it was me um so i won that game uh let's see i think uh, this is in bcp as well so if you want to check out my results you can i won at 36 to 9 um then i played our host uh tim tim hubster uh pubster yeah pubster Sure. <laughs> uh, he brought uh, a Lord of Skulls uh, style uh, Iron Warriors list. So three Lords of Skulls, um, a uh, Lord Discordant, two uh, two Chaos Lords with jump packs, and some Cultist units for CP. Uh, along with some, along with weirdly, he brought some uh, uh, Berserkers. He, but the Berserkers were good. I think I don't know. 
They didn't really do he anything. He throws weird things in these good core lists that just do work. Yeah, no, and it was it was a good choice. Uh, like the Berserkers didn't do anything because I had all the anti-infantry firepower in the world, but I definitely could not deal with two Lords of Skulls. And he, I, I let him go first because um, I thought that I could place all of my stuff out of line of sight, and I could not. So not it, in Eighth Edition, you can. Right. Well, in Ninth, I think I would be fine. Actually, yeah. Um, but he was able to like draw a line of sight to the ass end of one of my executioners, and. Oh. Uh, that's and he aced that, and so I was down to one executioner on round, on turn one, and I'm like, well, all right, uh, this game's kind of over, but I'll get what a points I can. He was super aggressive with one of the uh, the Lords of Skulls, and then, of course, <laughs> when I killed it, it fucking exploded and killed, like, it killed. Ah. So Tor Garadon fucking smashed it in the face. He did so good, man. He 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 did, I think, like 16 points of damage to it. Well, he has that rad giant four damage fist, right? Against vehicles, yeah. Yeah. So that was that was pretty cool. Um, but then it because it got him down to one wound because he has seven wounds, so it was using big chain cleaver attacks against him and my uh, my chapter master. Yeah. And so the chapter master failed all three three up invulnerable saves. What a bitch! Like so, he just died. And so Tor what Garadon, Vladimir pew. <laughs> yeah, he really pewed it up. Um, <laughs> Torgaradon had to take four saves. He made three of four four-up invulnerable saves. So he took six damage, which takes him to one wound, which, of course, then the Lord of Skulls freaking explodes. And that takes me down to nothing, because it will just kill him automatically, which sucked. Um, yeah, so that was, a, that was a bummer. I just couldn't really recover. I tried to pull some points out of it, but I didn't even get that many points out of the game either. So that was, a, that was, that was pretty sad. Um, so I lost that game uh, pretty substantially, 30 to 11. I know, yeah. You tried. And so then my last game was against Joe Schaubach. Oh, you played Joe? I did. Well, okay, hold on. I'm not done with the story yet. Oh, okay. Uh, Joe told me he didn't really want to play me. <laughs> <laughs> it's fair he's like i don't really because i think he had a couple of rough games so i didn't th- i i felt like because it was weird because the amount of people we had a bunch of drops in uh after round two um so we went from seven tables to five tables so As we had tradition. four people drop so yeah uh anyway uh so i just took my my concede victory 30 to zero Yay! so it was something there you go and so I ended that tournament like in fifth place, I think, something like that. Thanks to the the wonderful Mr. Shabak. Yep. Which, how do you think you would have done? What did Joe take? How do you think you would have done against Chaos his list? Knights, I think I would have done pretty good. Oh, yeah. That's a pretty good That's a pretty it's good, a pretty good matchup, matchup for me. Because I think the Inceptors can actually do a lot of work against his Chaos Knights. Yeah. Uh, from experience, I've seen, especially like Imperial Fist, when you're doubling stuff up, you can throw some mortals out, you can do all kinds of things. It just, it, it doesn't kind of go well. Yep. Agreed. But wonderful. I'm glad you finally got to go to a tournament. I know it was fun. another one is being planned. Yep. Uh, which I, I will be going up for that. Yeah, that's time, awesome, man. Which I'm excited for. I'm going to take some Nurgle jank. Uh, I think you're going to do real good to see this edition out in style. There you go. I mean, that's, that's the plan. Hey, we're going to be right back. We're, we have some listener questions. Cookies, but want something more British? Buy biscuits. Not like those you have for gravy. British biscuits. For dunking in your British tea. Stiff upper lip guaranteed. Biscuits. As recommended by Queen Liz of the Britons. 
Hey, uh, because there's only two of us, we really don't have much use for this, but I love its creation. So this is just going to be our general uh, listener question sound. <laughs> of course. <laughs> that one really echoes. It, it really does. There's uh, seven different fart sound effects in here, if you can believe that. Um, I do. <laughs> so we did. We asked um, our, our 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 listeners on our Discord if they had any questions that they wanted uh, me and Danny to ask. So we have our mob question sound. To let us know that uh, we're going to answer some questions that, that, that some of our listeners have for us here. Uh, using the wonderful power of text-to-speech. What? What? That's insanity. Set yourselves a personal challenge or goal to achieve during 9th Ed. What would it be and why is it winning the LVO? Well, uh, the question there for, for those who might not have seen it is like, if you set yourself a personal challenge or a goal to achieve during 9th edition, what would it be and why? Oh, and why is it winning the LVO? Correct. Correct. Uh, well, one, I'm not winning the LVO by far. Um, I could go into like Karate Kid style, like <laughs> Rocky Four hiatus into the mountains and intensely train for for years, and I'm not winning LVO. There. Um, Same. But I'll have a great time. Uh, what are your, I know you're, you usually set yourself uh, goals and challenges throughout the season. What are kind of, now that this season's all gone to shit, um, what are your actual goals with like Alvio being an endpoint? I, okay, so honestly, because this season is so fucked, like in every way, like it's fucked in the amount of events that you can attend, it's fucked in that the edition is changing, like, I can't be asked to like actually come up with some legitimate goals. I just want to do as well as I can. It would be awesome to be the best player in Alaska again. Um, but we'll see, uh, just the like lack of events means it's going to be tough to secure all the wins, I guess. Um, I don't know. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, I, I was, my goal before this, like this season, my goal was to win a faction. Like I'd oh, want to be yeah. top faction player, but I don't think that's going to happen this year. Uh, just because it's too disparate. Other people have had too many opportunities that I've had none at, and I haven't really concentrated on one faction. Or right. Another. And what's crazy is like, we've only managed to squeeze one GT out up here, which even then was a gimmick GT. Barely got it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think for me, uh, my only goal is uh, from here on out, um, my army will contain the death guard keyword. Heck yeah, that's awesome, man. That is, that is my goal because I get so distracted by literally everything. Um, so my my one thing from now on is regardless of what I take, if I take like a little detachment of Chaos Space Marines, if I take a little detachment of Demons, uh-huh. my army will contain the Death Guard keyword. That's awesome. And like man. we were talking about idea. like last week uh, when we did the, the the slightly lukewarm take of the uh, War of the Spider <laughs> Code, uh, War of the Spider Psychic Awakening. Yeah. Uh, Death Guard as an army has so many weird, wily tricks they can pull out for such unique situations. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I really feel I need to just narrow down and play them a ton so like I can pull those tricks out. Uh, so that is, that, that's my goal, uh, for, for this year anyway, is just to maintain the, the death guard keyword and my stuff. That's awesome. I think that's a, I think that's a really good one. Uh, question the second. 
It's the addition that John rises through the ranks to dethrone Nick na 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 is the drunken seventh of 40k. Uh, no. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, uh, the question is, um, is this the addition that John rises through the ranks to dethrone Nick Nanavati as the drunken savant of 40K? Um, well, I'm going to do half of that. Yeah, I mean, the drunk part, I think you can I'll, I'll be drunker than Nick. Uh, oh, I don't know about that, man. I've seen him. <laughs> He's pretty drunk. That, that's fair. Um, but I... So my playstyle for 40K is I generally stumble across good lists. Oh, Okay. I mean, I mean, I think like lists I share with you, Danny, sometimes or you're like, okay, that looks fun to how the fuck did you come up with that? <laughs> and there's like, there, there's no in between really. That one possessed list that you sent me re- pretty recently was, pr- was uh, that's what I'm taking was to really the, good. the Invitational part. Oh, too. cool. Yeah, it was a good list. Mm-hmm. You should definitely play that one. Um, so I kind of tend to stumble on good combos. Um, but yes, I will definitely not be a savant. Um, and thankfully, our coaching service is only $90 a month <laughs> as opposed to, to 97 Slight discount. Slight discount uh, just because you guys have made it this far for listening. Uh, question the third. Any squigs could a squig chuck chuck if a squig chuck could chuck squigs? Four. 42. Oh, good. Uh, question the fourth. When are you guys recording? Right now. Yeah, I mean, out. that wasn't a legitimate question. Someone just asked that <laughs> to see if they had time to, to, to ask a question, but I, I took that as one. Um, oh, here's one that was considered too hot to handle uh, for our lighthearted comedy podcast. Ooh. Workshop said they will be trying to diversify. What do you think that will look like? What do you want to see? How do you think they will show in the model line more cultures and ethnicities? Would making a new culture that is an amalgamation of cultures be a cop-out or the best move to satisfy the most? Oh, man. That, that, that kind of lighthearted discussion is what we're famous for here. I Danny. know, totally. Um, I'm going to say I think the use of culture isn't the right word. Um, well, like, there's cultural aesthetics that Games Workshop borrows, and, like, most of the armies that have, like, a quote-unquote cultural aesthetic have a bl- actually just have a blend of different cultural aesthetics. Right. Um, I don't see a, a, a super minority um, faction ever happening. Um, what I see happening is what we're seeing right now. Um, some characters are coming out mm-hmm. and they're painted as people of color, which yeah. I think is great. Yeah, me too. Um, and then what I really see happening is a, via Black Library, we're going to see yeah. more stories featuring uh females, minorities, people of color, sure. um, people of different kind of orientations, that that's where it comes in. You, we're not going to be suddenly assaulted with like a rainbow army. Sure. Um, so one thing that I noticed mm-hmm. when I was reading, uh, I've been rereading Black Legion. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, or yeah. not Black Legion, uh, Talon of Force. Okay. When they describe all the characters, like like sitting up around uh, like a table, like the majority of them are not like uh, like white. They're not Caucasian characters. Like right. almost all of them are non-Caucasian characters. And like later in the books, female characters become incredibly important. For sure. And like are not just like a damsel in distress, but they're actually like making power plays, vying for power with these super powered male characters, which is really cool. Um, so and, I hope, and like the, the, the uh, you've got uh, Interrogator Spinoza, which is like a super right. powerful female Soul character. Soul Hunter 2, the, uh, yeah. the Navigator is like a really yes. strong female yes. character. Um, I think it's been happening for a long time. 
Mm-hmm. And like we've seen like female Stormcast heads. Yep. Uh, guardsman pieces. What we're seeing is because a lot of the models aren't comically female or, or, or comically um, people of color that people are like, well, there's no color. Like there's no characters representing right, us. Right. right. Whereas any of the guardsman models can be female, can be male because everyone looks the same under a carapace. Sure. sure. Right. Well, yeah, they don't have to have like exaggerated like tit arm. Right. You don't have like, there's not going to be a guardsman who has like a perfectly molded double J like breastplate on there. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Um, so what's happening is we've seen this inclusivity coming over the last five years and increasing and kind of adding in there. People just haven't noticed and people haven't really given a shit until Games Workshop came out and said, yeah, hey, we're doing this. If you don't like it, you can go away. Right. Right. And I think, that, I think, I mean, I think that was the right message for them to send. Um, sure uh, absolutely and like fuck arch warhammer um yep. and yeah that's what i say i think it's it's been happening it'll continue to happen there's you're not going to be forced to play female space marines i don't see that retcon happening no um and i don't see a lot of other things happening but that doesn't mean that excluding females from space marines is going to be offensive because sure. you know what is it like there, there's 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 other things there we're going to see increased representation in literature um, we're going to see increased use of um, these characters as uh, gateway characters. So like in fiction. Like, here's what I don't get. Yeah. Okay. Like they have these descriptions of people from a particular planet and they like, you think that they all have the same skin tone and right. stuff like that? Like that's insane. So if you look at one planet, planet Earth, like 9 billion people or whatever it is, right. uh, a large portion of those people aren't white. Yeah. If you look at Ultramar, Most of them which has white. 500 worlds. Um, <laughs> right, which is like what a nine trillion people like. <laughs> there's gonna be there's gonna be differences. So I, I, I mean, like it's asinine to assume that even if even if they're sharing one planet, to assume that everybody is the same, like like skin color or whatever else, like that's so stupid. And while like I don't necessarily like personally on a personal level, like I think the retcon to female marines would be too too much. Like that's sure. fine. and that's like it would just be really awkward. Um, like I'm, f- I'm totally fine with inc- like they should there should be more female models in the Eldar range, in the uh in the Guard range, in the uh like Inquisition range, that kind of stuff. Um, I I I really would like to see more of those. And I mean, 40k has a lot of asexual armies too. Like, yeah. I mean, you've got like Tyranids and Necrons and Orcs and Demons and. Um, like, and I, I, oh, uh, more GSC models that are female too. Yeah. There's a, they started putting some of those in there and that's been awesome. And the models are all for those are all super cool. I mean, it's super easy for Danny and I, and I'm assuming a lot of our listeners to go out and, and view art and models and things and be easy to transpose ourselves onto. Right. So if it gives other kids or teens or adults hope when they can pick up that, yeah, that totally. ultramarine. Go go right ahead. I don't give a Heck shit. Yeah, do it, man. I it's think like be, yeah. it's it's not going to affect me any. Just just go right on ahead. I mean, it's as long as the stories being told make sense and are engaging, like you know, Talon of Horus or the Talos or uh, the Night Lord books. Right. Sure. Go right on ahead. Uh, on a slightly less uh, serious note. So with so many great releases, how do you prioritize what to buy or manage your hobby budget? So stoked for the new ninth box, but. I don't think I can afford it. Hoping stock will last. Thoughts on this? Hey, hey Danny. <laughs> Hobby budget. <laughs> <laughs> savings? What savings? 
so I haven't been spending shit on hobby stuff for the most part. Like I just started buying stuff again. Um, so like I, well, and I have a good job too. Like both, both John and I have like good careers and like, so it's not as hard for us. Like I totally get it though. If somebody's yeah. having a hard time, the rumor is, and I have no validity on this is that the box is like 200 bucks. Uh, that seems accurate, which based on the content. is a great deal. Like seriously. And if you can find somebody to split it with highly recommended, um, I fear this box is going to be very limited. Yeah. Um, so if you're able to go ahead, if you're not able to, don't yeah the bits will come out um our hobby is rife with um fomo like fear of missing out right right and all of the units in this box are going to be available um they're going to be made separately they're mm-hmm. going to come out if you don't have the latest and greatest units it's no big deal uh how i'm controlling my hobby budget this year because like talking to my wife and it's not necessarily from a financial standpoint but from like a sanity and space in the house standpoint mm-hmm. That's one of the reasons one of my hobby goals this year or, or gaming goals is to prioritize the death guard keyword. Sure. So I'm not being like, oh man, that looks good. And going out and buying a squad of Primaris assault bikers that I want to convert into chaos guys that I'm never going to use. Right. Right. So like I'm doing that. Um, I'm a adult. I have a budget of what I do. And that's yep. something like my wife and I decided even very recently because we are like, Hey, we're comfortable, but you know, Hey, how about the future? You want to, like, I really want an RV. That's, that's my goal. So she's like, right. If you want that, then what's your hobby budget? I'm like, but we know (laughs) we decided on one. So I said, Danny and I are very fortunate to have very stable, secure jobs, um, that do pay us well. Um, so it's just budgeting and making sure the, the, the best thing I can advise, get rid of the fear of missing out because honestly, you're not. So, like, uh, so my opinion, I think, so Dark Heresy, right? Or not Dark Heresy, Dark Imperium. Right. When that came out, that's the Death Guard and Dark, uh, yes. Death Guard and uh, Space Marine box, the Primaris box that came out, right? So that, once it came out, it was unavailable for about three months. Yes. So, but then they reprinted it and it was back again. So just think about, like, if you can live three months without something and save up for it, like, because, like, right now you probably have a month before the box comes out and then, like... Uh, and that's just an estimation, like I would guess. Um, and then like maybe, uh, uh, then you have like four, three months after that. So that's four months of savings. Like, I think it's pretty doable to do that under a lot of even minimalistic budgets. And like for me, when I was talking about how I wanted Judicur to turn into a master of executions, like I'm just going to wait for them to start showing up on eBay. Oh, that's yeah, and totally. I'm doing that as well. Like when they st- people start splitting up boxes, I'm going to buy a couple of boxes of bikes. Yeah, or sets because it's it's going to happen. So really, it's just the the best way you can budget yourself is have a limit, stick to it within reason. Obviously, like <laughs> deals are going to come up where you're like I'm going to go a little over, but be okay letting things go. Yes, um, because when you need the stuff, it'll, it'll be there. Mm-hmm. Um, like I want to have a dual butcher cannon contemptor and i want to use a plastic dreadnought as base they're really easy to get now yep um so ebay is my friend um and it can be your friend too um and then last question here what conditions will you feel safe attending tournaments again 
Under what conditions will you feel safe attending tournaments again, Mr. Daniel McDevitt, who attended a tournament two weeks ago? <laughs> I would say that was more of a close like gathering sure. of friends rather than a tournament. It just happened to be that there was a tournament there. If I was going to go play in a public tournament, um, I would have to see a great reduction in the number of like community transmission COVID cases that happened. Right. Um, that would be my signal that I could potentially come out of hiding again, but only if it was greatly reduced for a good amount of time. Like uh, currently where we're at, we're experiencing a spike and there's going to be a spike when they reopen stuff. But like the numbers here are as bad as they were when we started putting everybody in quarantine. So like I, that makes me really nervous and leery about going to any kind of event right now. I might, I might consider going and playing in, playing in a shop, but only if it's me and my opponent both wearing masks the entire time and we're like the only ones in there or very few other people in the right. shop. Because I know like socially interaction wise, we're, we've been limited pretty much to me and you hanging out. Yeah. And maybe one other thing that again, it's just what would make me feel comfortable attending tournaments again is trusting the player base right and i don't and, trust our player right, base right now, i do not and it's like i'm comfortable going to the tim invitational part too because mm-hmm. it has a somewhat restricted player base yeah right so i can trust that the people there and also know that the host it treats this covid stuff as seriously as everyone correct. should correct yep so i know i have an ally in that um but really it's kind of how much control do i have over the situation like Danny and I have both purchased our LVO tickets, but if it comes down to February time or January oh, time yeah. and things aren't looking safe, we just won't go. It's, I, I, I agree. Uh, so it's kind of like making sure things are safe because although we love our game, um, we love our lives more. 100%. Um, we're going to play like a little White Claw sound effect and we're going to come back and wrap things up. Hey, Danny. How are you? Great. Man, listener questions go real serious at the end there. I should have like layered them well like really differently. <laughs> um, that's my fault as a content producer. Uh, but speaking of it's content production, <laughs> man, we released a ton of stuff this oh week. Oh my god, I know, right? Uh, we're celebrating we upgraded our uh, audiovisual equipment. Uh, so we released uh, our review of War of the Spider, the the Imperium side with the Custodes, the Sister of Silence and the Assassins. Thank you, Patreons. Thank you, Patreons. Yeah, yeah, we uh, upgraded that there, so it looks great. Uh, yeah, super, for sure. Super happy with it. Uh, we also did a review of the Chaotic side, which got yep. me all kind of gangbusters excited for Death oh, Guard. Man, they're so cool now. Ugh. So if you haven't had a chance, check out our reviews yeah. on YouTube. Check out our reviews on YouTube. If you don't like yourself, you you can watch Danny and I watch something, <laughs> which apparently is a thing. Uh, we watched the Ultramarine movie uh, and then filmed our reactions, which I then cut into three different parts to release in three different Mondays. Uh, part one is up right now. Part two will be up on Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is Danny and I uh, squeezing entertainment from the Ultramarine movie. <sighs> the the be- The only way that we can. By forcing ourselves to watch it with a lot of alcohol. A lot of alcohol, a lot of sarcasm. Yep. Uh, and that's all it is. Uh, if you are not watching this on YouTube, there will be now, every time we record, one of our segments will be up uh, as a video segment, too. Um, yep. This episode, it was our Kato Scary segment, or most of it, as I forgot to hit record at the start. <laughs> um, and it's this kind of high-quality content that you can kind of come to expect from us. Yeah. I mean, pretty much. High quality for mob rules. <laughs> <laughs> Which is uh, low quality for, yep. for Over, Overall, fairly low to super low quality. 
<laughs> that that is fair. Yeah. Um, follow us on Twitter. Danny's at at Villicate Five. Mm-hmm. Um, I am at Hey John Q. Hey John Q. I, I just like that because it's so <laughs> abrupt. Uh, abrupt good. sounding. And then yeah, follow us on Facebook. Uh, Mob Rules AK. If you search for just Mob Rules, a really rad metal band will come up. Right. Um, and thank you for all of the metal magazines who keep accidentally tagging us. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. It does keep happening, and we uh. do keep correcting them. In <laughs> uh, things I don't have an intro sound effect for yet, which is getting fewer and fewer, we have some YouTube comments. Oh, okay, cool. Um, someone commented from our 8th edition review of Index, Index Xenos 2, uh, part oh. one from 2017. Wow. Uh, saying, just started playing Warhammer, was looking at the Tau. Would this be the book I need to get, or is there a newer book to get? Oh, buddy. Yep. <laughs> um, so I just said you're going to go want to get Codex Tau Empire as the index or trash now. Um, other things, the video I posted four years ago, uh, Fall of Cadia, where I just took the oh, Hitler footage, yeah. still getting comments on that there. <laughs> still don't check them. Um, uh, Rainman Slim said, I like the fall of Kitty. It was like throwing a boulder into a still pond and it changed things up and offers new possibilities for new stories. Uh, that was true three years ago. It's still true today. It is. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Um, on our Ultramarine movie commentary track, uh, so Kyle Astarte said, to be fair, the Ultramarine movie was better than the last two Star Wars. Of which I replied, the last two canonical Star Wars movies were episode two and episode three. <laughs> so extremely false. Oh, man, that was really good. That was good. <laughs> uh, I, I'm glad there. Um, and then a couple of people suggesting uh, that, hey, there's been a lot of good content on these podcasts lately. I, I'm getting worried. Everything okay, guys? Um, the answer is no. No, yeah. it's, it's um, the, the world is dying from a no, sickness. If, if, you're, if, you're, <laughs> if you're finding us entertaining, then the problem is not us. It is, Ooh, it is most definitely look you. Look inward, son. Hey, Hammerhead Games has a lot of cool uh, tools for taking care of stuff as well. Oh, yeah. And you should definitely support Tony in, in this. To support, like, yeah, Tony is a great guy. He, uh, he makes some really good quality tools. I'm excited to see what rad things he brings out for all of the cool nine stuff. Oh, you know what else? Check out the new BCP website. So they did a merger oh, you know, with, uh, I keep forgetting to talk about this and like, I'm going to talk about it today. Here's the deal in this, uh, just to kind of a little inside baseball. Every time we've recorded for the last four, Five episodes afterwards, Danny's went, oh shit, we didn't talk about BCP. Uh, merging with uh, someone else there. <laughs> with Down Under Parents. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, they mer- <laughs> it's going to play underneath. You All just right, keep cool. talking. All right, I got to keep talking. All right, so uh, BCP merged with Down Under Parents. They have a great new website that shows like player statistics. Um, so I looked up myself, for instance, oh, after okay. I logged in. Um, to see my total win rate for the 2019 uh, season, which was super cool. I guess I have an 83% win rate. That's really good. I thought that was pretty good. In tournaments, I wasn't I wasn't bummed about I'm that. I'm going to look this up here. And that was especially when I was playing a lot of Necrons, so like I was guaranteed to lose at least one game every Do time. you go to ITC rankings or BCP rankings? No, I went to BCP, bestcoastparents.com. Okay, bestcoastparents.com. And then we go to rankings. 
Well, so what I did is I went to login first. Oh, okay, login Cause, first. Because you, you have to have an account with them. Um, oh, man, okay. Let, let me put this on wonderful hold here real quick. All right, now that Danny's walked me through how to actually find the thing here, um, it's really cool. Yeah, and it's, it's loading up right now. Obviously, when I hit find me, it has to calculate the sheer percentage of my wins. <laughs> because the sheer percentage of your losses. <laughs> which is a very large number. Well, one of them is a very large number. Um. Yeah, it's it's a great website. I think it's great that they pulled in data from 2019 to really show what they're capable of. Yep. Um, and they do faction analysis, so they show like win rates of all the different factions and how they're doing. And then you can also look up even stuff like win rates versus certain factions comparatively and your win rates versus certain factions. Which I think they take a lot from DUP because they did an amazing yep. job with that stuff there. So Yeah, all those player stats are from Down Under Parents. They did a fantastic job of like really quantifying this. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know where I'm at. I'll put it in the comments. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's it's still loading. It's still trying to find my win rate. It's so low. <laughs> um, I was in 700 something place with with 83. I thought, which I thought was pretty good, but like, yeah, uh, yeah. There's lots of people with better yeah. rates than me. Yeah, there's lots of people, lots and lots of people with better rates than me. Uh, Danny, anything else you want to plug before we wrap this up? Uh, no, I think that's it for me. Yeah, let us know where you're sitting at on bestcoastparents.com. Oh, yeah, totally. Totally, let us know. Uh, are you, you find better me? than me, or are you better than yeah. John? John Quinnell, Q-U-E-N-N-E-L-L. There's not going to be a lot of us. Uh, yeah. Let me know how much better you are than me. Yep. Uh, really let me know uh, so I know how <laughs> worthless I am as a player. Um, that would be great. Oh, uh, hey, I do have one point. Okay, yeah, yeah, go. Uh, check out uh, Best in Faction this week. I did manage. Oh, I, you I was did. a guest appearance on Best in Faction. <laughs> Uh, we go over some of the like the ninth edition changes and how we think that's going to shape the meta. So if you want to get a better idea of that, we've got some really talented players on there. We have uh, uh, we have myself, Mitch Pelham, uh, Colin Sherman. Um, we also have oh my god, why am I forgetting who else was on there? Um, it was a great, it was a really really great episode. Um, uh, oh, we have Chuck, which is me basically. Um, and he's a good guy. We all know. And if, I mean, if he's like, oh me, man, right? Chuck is the best. He's pretty great. He's like fake Danny <laughs> or Danny's well, like fake, fake Chuck. Him. Yeah. One, yeah. One, 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 one of the two is true. Um, uh, but yeah, definitely check it out. Um, it was super fun to record. We had a really great time. Oh, and Hey, one more thing to plug. A rogue trader must be strong, cunning, and perceptive. They must surround themselves with powerful and useful allies. A single rogue trader is a force of nature, with the ability to dictate the flow of trade and commerce to entire sectors. Applying their trade between distant worlds... Are you writing another book no one will read, or are you advertising the network? Yeah, where was that even going? Right? The Rogue Trader Network of Podcasts is live! A powerful coalition has been formed. Stop it. The Rogue Trader Network is comprised of... Mob Rules. NC40K Cabal. The High Lords of Terra. And the Dangly Boys. Find them and listen wherever you get your podcasts. The Rogue Trader Network. Listen and subscribe today. I think my favorite thing about that... By the way, listen and subscribe to your Rogue Trader Network podcast is the Dangly Boys who probably provide... 
the most competitive knowledge out of all four of us <laughs> are like the legitimate whipping boys, joke wise. We have the someone has to be sorry, sorry, Seth. That's fair, just, and, and we're su- an easy target. And we suggested the thing with the Dangly Boys, so it's only fair that they're the the whipping people. Yeah, for real. Um, yeah. So NZ Forty Cabal. Uh, if you want to learn about the crazy world of the, of the New Zealand, which is how they pronounce Z's down there, <laughs> it must be. That's it. The mu- thing it must be. Uh, check those guys out. High Lords of Terra producing great content, uh, and then also the Dangly Boys uh, over in the South, which this is kind of their sound effect. I'm guessing for overall is the. I'm, yeah, that sounds right. Because that son of a bitch, Seth, host of the Dangly Boys, made me search out accurate eagle sounds instead of fun bird sounds that fit the narrative I was trying to tell. He forged my bird narrative. He tried. He tried. Um, that's it for yet another Mob Rules. We're going to be back in two weeks. We will. Uh, Danny and I are going to delve deep into our favorite 8th edition memories uh, and yeah. kind of share that part. And I'm going to put that one song on a loop. Uh, so we can really enjoy uh, the, the cool. timeliness of it. Uh, but yeah, for Mob Rules, I've been John. I've been Danny. And we will see you next time.